With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, it's been a few weeks since we've done the podcast, and there's been a little bit of news, not much. The big news has come from a team in a sport that we really don't talk about, but we're going to because we feel like there's a connection between the two, and we'll get to that. And the big news is, in Colorado sports, that the Rockies traded Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals. And basically all you need to know about this deal is Dick Montfort and Jeff Breidich, who's the general manager of the team somehow, did not get one of the three or four top prospects in the Cardinals organization. They somehow traded their best player and didn't get one of the top prospects back in return. That's... uh. That's not not only that. And I think I think it's important to mention this as well. They also are sending fifty million dollars to the Cardinals, so they get Nolan Arenado and fifty million dollars, and the Rockies get people you've never heard of. I'm not even going to try and remember their names. Yeah, it it is. If here's here's the thing I will tell you: 
we, you and I, are Yankee fans. We grew up Yankee fans. I, you know, I have always been a Yankee fan, as have you. But when the Rockies came to Colorado, that became my home team, right? That was the team that I went and saw Rockies games and, and was attached to that team. And I remember all kinds of great things happening with the Rockies. And they, and they haven't always been good because they've always been sort of either middle of the pack or lower. And we all know what happens to the Rockies when the Broncos start playing. They start to suck. So that is something that we, we've come to know and love about the Colorado Rockies. But this, this is particularly painful because I, I root for the Rockies. I want the Rockies to do well. And I loved watching Nolan Arenado. And I, I have a, a young son who loves baseball and plays baseball. And he's pretty good at it. And when we would watch the Rockies, Nolan Arenado is a guy that I could, I, hey, watch him play ball. Watch watch the way he plays in the field. Watch the way he hits. Watch the way he sort of comports himself. He's, he's the type of player that you would want to emulate, that you would want your child to look up to, at least on the field, right? I don't uh, – and and – I'm not going to speak to Nolan Arenado's off the field uh, way of doing things because I don't know about it, which is actually probably a good thing when you don't know about how somebody is off the field. It either means they don't do anything or they're pretty good and and that's fine, which I'm totally fine with. It's very Joe Sackick X because you didn't hear anything about Joe Sackick when he played for the Avs as the captain. You just knew Joe Sackick was great. That's all. That's all you knew. You knew he was great. And and. And I appreciate that about Nolan Arenado. And and so it's frustrating because you want to be able to point to guys on the teams that you like and say, this is a guy you need to you, you need to follow, you need to pay attention to, you need to to be like. And and so that's where this really becomes difficult. And and I understand that uh, a lot of people in Denver, especially and, and throughout the Colorado market, because it's not just Denver, it's the Colorado Rockies. A lot of people are very angry with Breitich and with the Montforts. And, and rightfully so. I get that. And it the only way this gets fixed, the only way this gets better, is if people just don't show up. If, if people refuse to support this team. And that's hard to say. Because there is nothing more enjoyable, in my opinion, than kicking back at a ball game, having a beer, and watching my, what is my favorite sport. I love football. Obviously, that's why I do this. But I would love the Denver Broncos. Uh, baseball is 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 what I grew up loving the game itself and when it's when it's ruined like this when an ownership group and a and a GM who is worse at his job than anybody else has ever been at any other job more than likely maybe maybe the guys at Chernobyl were worse at their job than he is at his job I don't know but when they're when you're that bad and you just get to keep your job you just get to keep being terrible that's not good, but that comes from ownership. That comes from a, from an ownership group, a couple of guys who don't know what they're doing. And so why is that important? Why are we talking about that? And I think the reason we are talking about that, aside from just the frustration of it all, is the connection to the Denver Broncos and the ownership situation in Denver. It's not as bad. I would say, I think it's safe to say it's not as bad, but you can't yeah, add and that. Speak, that speaks to the Rockies because the Broncos don't even have an owner and it's not as bad as the Rockies. That's there you go. That's the ding ding. There it is. The, the Broncos have no owner and their situation is better than the Rockies, but not that much better, not that much better. So that's, that's why we're talking about this because we know 
just quite frankly, if this continues for the Broncos, it's going to be this. It's going to be the same. And are you satisfied with the last five years of Broncos football? I, I hope not. I, I can't imagine that you are. I would certainly hope not. They've had one winning season in that five-year span, four straight losing seasons, five straight no playoffs. That's half a decade. And yeah, they won a Super Bowl right before that. Remember how great that was? How much fun that was? I- I'm starting to forget. I'm starting to forget how wonderful 2015 was. That Super Bowl in 2016 when they were able to beat the 15 and 1 Carolina Panthers when they weren't supposed to beat them. That was a wonderful feeling. That's great. You, we are so far away from that. It's not just half a decade. It's half a decade in several lifetimes. Because the ownership is in flux. The ownership isn't really an ownership group at this point. And I think what we're discovering here is that that takes its toll on a franchise. We see it in, in baseball with the Rockies. Think about the Knicks. You want to you want to go to another sport? Think about the Knicks in basketball and how terrible they are. I think I think I know people who are Toronto Maple Leafs fans in hockey. And the Leafs are bad or were bad, and it's an ownership issue. Am I wrong about that? I feel like I see people tweet about that sometimes. It, ownership matters, whether you want it to or not, whether you whether you side with the owners in labor disputes or whatever, I, I don't really care. Ownership matters. Ownership matters, and it matters here, and it's going to continue to matter in Denver until the Broncos figure it out. You know where else it matters to really tie this together? Go for it. The Houston Texans and Cal McNair, who is incompetent with the decisions and the promises that he made to a certain quarterback, which is why Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. He wants out of Houston so badly because of the promises that were made to him and then was subsequently lied about. I mean, you have any idea how royally you have to screw up to want a top five quarterback in the National Football League to want out of your organization. And that's what Deshaun Watson is. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. What he did in 2020 without DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. It really is incredible. Now, whether or not the Broncos can make that happen, the thing that I say in response to the people who say that the Broncos ownership problem and it is a problem but it clearly wasn't with one of the best gm candidates on the market in george payton so if he's able to come in and he's able to say i can be the calming influence on this organization at least from my at least this is george payton speaking not ian st Clair. i can be the calming influence at least from my position on down Whether or not anything above me is turbulent, I'm not going to let that impact the decisions that I make because I'm going to control what I can control. And what I'm going to control is putting the best football team that I can on the field. It's the only way to do it. And and I I think one of the the things that you're trying to get at here, and I, I totally agree with it, is this idea that George Payton didn't see this as a problem, I think partly because he saw it as an opportunity to really put his stamp on the franchise. George Payton does have a chance here. Without an ownership 
without an owner who's overbearing or who is uh, second guessing or who is directing him in what to do, he's going to have the opportunity to really do what he wants to build this team. And I think that that is something that is going to be incredibly important moving forward for the Denver Broncos. Now, as far as Deshaun Watson goes, and we, we've talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson, and I agree that he is definitely a top five or six QB in the NFL. You can, you know, you start to nitpick when you get too high up there. There's clearly a number one, and I'm not going to even say his name. And then there's guys that are sort of just below that, and and I think he is sort of just below that in that in that tier two group. He, he would be sort of the saving grace in Denver. And that is that is where we are at right now with the Denver Broncos. We have reached a point with the Denver Broncos where they need to make a huge change. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit here to the Drew Locke stands. And it's not your fault. Let me just start right there. It's not your fault if you are all in on Drew Locke. I, I totally understand why you would be, and that's fine if you want to be. Drew Locke is, is not on the same level as Deshaun Watson. And if you want to throw your lot in with Drew Locke and be all in on him, that's fine. But just understand that what you're going to get is is really a lot of what you've seen in the last five years in Denver. It, at most, I think you're looking at nine and seven. At most. And that's not a playoff team. Even even with the new playoff format, that's not a playoff team. So you you want George Payton to come in and do something big. And right now, the big thing that's out there is Deshaun Watson. You you need Deshaun Watson right now because he's he's the big the, the big name out there. Maybe it'll be somebody else later on, but it isn't going to be through the draft, and it is and it isn't going to be somebody who isn't Deshaun Watson this year. That'll happen next year, right? Because there's going to be somebody next year. But how much longer do you want to wait? And waiting is is something that I'm not sure that the Broncos really can afford. Because I look at this franchise right now, and I see a franchise that is on the road to irrelevancy. Some people would tell you they've already arrived there, that they've already become irrelevant. They've already reached that point. And so without that big move, they're going to remain there. And if if you're worried about it, think about teams like the Buffalo Bills and how long they remained irrelevant. Think about the Browns and how long they've been irrelevant. Still really are. They've, I mean, I'm trying to be nice and give them a little credit. They made the playoffs. Good for them. You know, so did the Bills and went all the way to the AFC Championship game, but still that's where it stops. But think about how long teams stay irrelevant. Think about how long the Cardinals were irrelevant, if you're old enough, right? The Cardinals were irrelevant for a long time. The Saints were irrelevant for a long time. The the let's, Colts. Let's, you can, you, I really, mean, every team goes through it, right? Let, let's connect it to what's going on right now. Think of how – think of all the jokes – as a member of Broncos country, you were able to level at the Kansas City Chiefs because after Lynn Dawson and the Chiefs won Super Bowl IV in 1970, they didn't have a quarterback for the next 45 years, give or take. I'm not good at math. Probably 2017, 2016-17 when they got Patrick Mahomes. That's how long it took the Kansas City Chiefs and I have said this before, I do not want the Broncos to be the Kansas City Chiefs during the John Elway era, where the Broncos are trying to combat Patrick Mahomes with Elvis Gerback and Steve Bono. Ooh, the way you said that sounded awful. And if that's what it is, it is that what we have right now? Is it do we have Elvis Gerback or Steve Bono? 
That's I'm curious. Which one is it? I, I pick or choose. I think there's not much of a difference between either one of them. Did you ever hear the story tangent? Did you ever hear the story about when Rich Gannon was in Kansas City? And I can't remember which magazine it was, but they were doing like the best looking uh, players in the NFL. And they went to Kansas City and they wanted to talk to Rich Gannon. But the guy who was taking the pictures didn't know who was who. And he just said the quarterback and they sent Elvis Gerback instead. They didn't know who they were supposed to talk to. And they ended up putting Elvis Gerback in the in, in the issue. I think it was like GQ, probably something like that. Somebody looked that up and, and let us know. And so Elvis yeah, Gerback I, I was like the, the, the booby prize. I don't want the Broncos to be in that situation where you can't differentiate who their quarterback is. So, and I, and this is the question that I think George Payton needs to ask himself and this organization, what gets you the closest to Patrick Mahomes? Not to Patrick Mahomes, right? I think that it's unfair to try and say you're going to get all the way to Patrick Mahomes. Closest. But closest. To. Closest to. If it's if it's not Drew Locke, which it isn't, then it means you have to go outside. It means you have to look in another place to find somebody who can do that. And, again, and I, I said this in, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the last time we recorded, I know that people don't like the idea of QB wins and they don't like it as a stat. And and so, fine, if you don't think QB wins is a stat, great, great. Good for you. But if you don't think QB wins is a stat, ask Tampa Bay how they made it to the Super Bowl this year. When last year they didn't even make the playoffs and their quarterback was Jameis Winston. And who's different? Who's different on that team? And don't don't give me Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> that don't count. But if you don't think the quarterback counts towards wins, tell that to the Kansas City Chiefs. Ask them if they would, you know, just just would rather play with Chad Henney in the Super Bowl moving forward. I'm on. You're good enough. You got all those weapons. Chad Henney could do it. What you think they'd take that, take you up on that offer? I doubt it. You think the Broncos of the eighties go to any of those Super Bowls without John Elway? I doubt it. I don't want to know if they can do it with Gary Kubiak. I, I and we love Gary. He's a nice guy. Retired. Congratulations to Gary, right? But but in that that ten that that AFC championship game they lost to the Buffalo Bills, he had a chance to play because Elway got hurt. Elway doesn't get hurt. Maybe they go to another Super Bowl. I, it's it's just as as we sit here right now and and we have this conversation. Football is one of those sports where you can talk about all of these other things, and they all matter, and they're all very important. And we probably give too much credit to quarterbacks, and I will admit to that. But at the end of the day, if your quarterback is incompetent, you're going to lose. If your quarterback's not good enough, you're going to lose. You can. You can get by with a bad defense. You can win games with a so-so running game or not great wide receivers. But if you've got a bad quarterback, more than likely you're not going to win. And I, I can hear people screaming how bad was Peyton Manning in 2015. He was awful in 2015, but he was still Peyton Manning. You can be that bad when you're a Hall of Fame quarterback and guys will play for you. If you're that bad and you're 24 years old, guys are going to give up. And and that's the difference. That's what makes it so important that you go out and you get a franchise quarterback. And, and do I wish it was Drew Locke? Do I wish we were having this conversation? No, I don't wish we were having this conversation. And yes, I wish it was Drew Locke. But at this point, is it? I don't know. But I, I know who could be a franchise quarterback and is a franchise quarterback and would make this team better. And that's Deshaun Watson. And that's even if you give up all kinds of players and all kinds of draft picks. 
because that's how important the quarterback position is in the NFL, whether you like it or not. Maybe QB wins isn't a stat, but it certainly helps. I will say that no one on the roster is untouchable. If you can get Deshaun Watson, no one is untouchable. And I have said this before. If you get Deshaun Watson, your first-round picks become irrelevant because you're picking at the end of the first round. It's just a, it's basically a glorified second-round pick. Look at how the Rams have been able to remain competitive without first-round picks. I don't think they've had a first-round pick since like Jared since they picked Jared Goff. That and they're not right. going to have one until like 2025 now. I mean, <laughs> they're still able to be competitive because they realize you have to have a franchise quarterback. And if you hit on your draft picks later in in the rounds, that's what makes you a successful franchise. And I I get people. I'm going to throw out Justin Simmons. I love Justin Simmons. He's a Pat Bull and Bronco. He was a third round pick. Not to say that it's easier to find a Justin Simmons, but I think it's easier to find a safety than it is a franchise quarterback. So Joe Rolls has said this. You have said this. I will say it again. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Will it happen? I don't know. I'm in the sports betting industry. You have great odds if you want to throw some money down in Colorado because it's one of the markets that allows you to bet on where Deshaun Watson will end up. You have pretty favorable odds. Upwards of plus 600 to plus 1,000, depending on which sports book you want to go with. So maybe you could throw a couple bucks on all of them and you could win, win a good chunk of money. I don't know. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea if it's going to happen. I have no idea if George Payton is going to be serious in his trying to acquire a franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson. I have no idea, but it makes it exciting to, at least be in the conversation. And I know there's people like Woody Page has said that the Broncos are not something that Deshaun Watson is interested in. Adam Schefter, James Palmer, Mike Kliss have all disputed that. They've all reported that Deshaun Watson would come to Denver. And Adam Schefter added the caveat that it's not so much Denver as just getting the hell out of Houston. Right. Well, like we like we said before we started recording, you can take the Bill O'Brien out of the Houston Texans. No, wait. Yeah, but you can't take the Houston Texans out of Bill O'Brien, or you can take Houston Texans out of Bill O'Brien, but you can't take Bill O'Brien out of the Houston Texans. Either way, the Houston Texans are pretty terrible at what they do. I think that's the point, which takes you back to ownership and management and all of those things that we've been talking about this whole time. And this idea that If you want to remain relevant in the NFL, if you want your franchise to be a team that is often picked to play on Monday night football and is always playing on Sunday night football and the primetime games and the national game of the week, if you want to be one of those teams, you have to have a quarterback that keeps your team relevant. You have to have a franchise quarterback that leads your team to victories. And I I, I know that there's 
trepidation with trading away everything to get a player, and then you're left with just this one guy. I, I get that concern, but you can then start building. Building happens once you get the person you can build around. And the hope was that it would be Drew Locke. And maybe what we'll see in 2021, if they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, which they probably won't. I mean, this could all be for not. But if they if they don't, if it's if it is Drew Locke, okay, maybe he proves us wrong. I hope he does if that's the case. Because that's what makes your team great. But the fact is, you are not relevant in the NFL without a quarterback that makes you relevant. Look at the playoffs. Just look at the playoffs. Look at the teams that were in the playoffs. What did they have? They had, if nothing else, good quarterbacks. Except for the Bears, they had Trubisky. That doesn't count. But that's abnormal. The normal thing is to have a quarterback that at least makes you better. And the Broncos haven't had that in a while, in a, in a long while. And that's why the Broncos have slipped out of relevancy. That's why there should be some concern among the fan base that they're going to turn into a franchise that resembles the team in Lodo that is very close to where the Broncos play in downtown Denver that plays baseball in quotation marks because I'm not even sure that that's what they care about anymore. That's why it has to happen. That's why you have to do something big if you want this team to stay relevant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, Ian, it is now time for us to do the thing that we didn't want to do, but we are a football podcast. We do talk about the National Football League, and so we do have to talk about the Super Bowl. I know we don't want to. Uh, This is not a Super Bowl that anybody who was a fan of the Denver Broncos was hoping for. Nobody wanted to see the Chiefs. Nobody wanted to see Tom Brady. No, this isn't fun. But just to sort of bring it back to what we've been talking about, they certainly do have – good quarterbacks in Tampa Bay and Kansas city. And I guess that matters, but this is um, kind of interesting in that it's the first time that a host city will have the home team playing in their home stadium or a team playing in their home stadium. So that's kind of, that's, that's kind of cool, I guess. I think the most interesting thing, as I mentioned, I'm in the sports betting industry now is all the prop bets that are out there for people to wager on because this is the first Super Bowl that the Colorado sports betting market can wager on. And it's, as you said, the worst possible Super Bowl for Colorado to bet on. But the prop bets are interesting. Like you can bet on the coin toss. Yeah. Like it, you can bet on the color of Gatorade that's going to get dumped on the winning coach. Orange. 
that's that's the favorite right now. You can bet on over unders like I, I think my favorite at Bet Monarch is uh, three and a half field goals. Is a team going to kick more than three field goals? Like one team or both teams? Yeah, it, it all depends. It the and the Super Bowl has always been something sort of like a, a fun little prop bet. If, you, if you're not interested in the teams that are playing, you can kind of look at different aspects of how you can't you bet on how long the national anthem will be like how long it will take to get through the national anthem that's usually one of the prop bets that's out there that's always an interesting one i haven't actually been able to find that one but i i i do know that it's been out there in in previous markets i think i've I've seen that or heard that before there's and and it's fun right i mean i'm probably not going to put any money on anything just because i'm i'm so frustrated with the whole situation but I, I could see people putting some money on some things. I, I Like I said, I did hit on the uh, Mike Evans to score the first touchdown in the uh, NFC Championship game. Nailed it. And that's why I came up with my story at Play Colorado that is seven ways to bet against the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. So I threw out different scenarios that you can bet against Kansas City. Super Bowl MVP. Obviously the favorite is obviously the favorite is Patrick Mahomes. So you could bet on Tom Brady. Yeah, just bet on Tom Brady. Ugh, I didn't like that. I didn't like the way that sounded at all. A little my my favorite my throat. My favorite is connected to the Broncos, and that's Shaquille Barrett. Team to record the first sack. Bet on Shaq. Because that's what I'm rooting for, not just for Shaq Barrett to sack Mahomes as often as he can, but I'm rooting for Shaq Barrett because he used to play for the Broncos and he went to Colorado State. And then I love this from the Superbook. What will happen first? Will the Chiefs punt or score first? Ooh. God, I hate that my first thought is score. Could, we, could this just be a 0-0 tie? Could we do it that way? I, I actually told you before we started recording, and I know that it's not funny to joke about it, but I did say this is maybe the only time I'll root for COVID. Like, it just, just COVID cancels the Super Bowl, and then everybody's fine at the end. Everybody's totally fine. It was just out of abundance of caution. Why, why not that? So, something like that. I, and I know that's not going to happen, but this is not going to be a fun Super Bowl to watch. I, I, I'm I'm struggling with finding a way to go into it without feeling like how terrible is this and how much is this going to suck and all that other stuff. That's why I'm focusing on rooting for Shaq Barrett. I think one other prop bet that should be out there is the kind of barbecue sauce that's in Andy Reid's feed bag of a face mask. It looks, I mean... It does. It looks like a feed bag. We had, I know we've had that conversation. It has to be. There has to be some sort of. It can't just be barbecue sauce. I'm sure there's like a uh, a smoked like pork, like pulled pork in there. Maybe some coleslaw on one side. Uh, you know, special special Casey masterpiece barbecue sauce because he's you know in Kansas City. I guess I don't know. That's that's got to be what he's doing. And whatever you do to survive, there, Andy. Whatever you got to do to survive, I get it. So, all right. I, maybe we should. Should we do this? Should we should we do a little like like we do players to watch and um little breakdown of the game? Do you want to do something like that? I think you've already given us our your defensive player to watch. So, uh, I'll jump in with a with another defensive player to watch uh, and I'll say 
Shaq Barrett, because those are the only guys that really matter for, for us as Broncos. The rest of them can can eat it as far as I'm concerned. So I'll go with Shaq Barrett as well. There's another connection between the Broncos and this game because the Chiefs have both of their tackles out. And one of the guys who is starting might sound familiar. I think his name is Mike Rimmers. Ooh. He was the guy who couldn't block Von Miller in Super Bowl 50. Can Shaq Barrett have some sort of similar impact from the Tampa Bay defense? I like that. So what you're saying is your offensive player to watch for the Kansas City Chiefs is Mike Remmers. I like that. And the at both of their tackles. Both of their tackles. Tampa Bay's pass rush is no joke. Like Todd Bowles is that's, gonna get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. That that's how you win a game against a quarterback like this. And and I I've seen it tweeted out a few times, but I think that's how you win a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not necessarily uh Patrick Mahomes running around out on the edge, but essentially bottling him up. You've got to have good rush up the middle that contains and good containment on the outside. And if you can I, I, this is gonna sound crazy, you can keep him in the pocket and prevent him from improvising. That's how you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Because one of the things that they're really good at is as soon as he gets out, all of those receivers know exactly where to go. They know exactly where to be. And we know this because we've been watching it for a few years now. They know exactly who's going to take off, who's going to sit, and who's going to sort of roll with him. And then Patrick Mahomes does a great job of selecting the right receiver to throw to. And so if you're the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point, what you've got to do is you almost have – you're forced to keep him contained – so that you can keep him inside and then get a sack or or at least disrupt his pass. And then that way you're able to to sort of make that move and prevent him from doing anything beyond what he's supposed to be doing, right? Because that's you, you gotta contain him. So I think that's the way to do it. And for me, offensively for Tampa Bay, the player to watch is obviously Tom Brady. I if if I was going to bet on this game and I'm not going to. I would not bet against Tom Brady. He did something that so few quarterbacks have been able to do and go into Lambeau and beat the Green Bay Packers. I I, I mean, it just adds to his GOAT status because, I mean, he's clearly the GOAT at this point. In his first season to lead a team that was so bad with Jameis Winston to a Super Bowl, that's pretty remarkable. Now, granted... The Broncos should have done that with Peyton Manning, if not for Raheem Moore and John Fox. No, we don't want to talk about that. But to me, it's Tom Brady. I mean, he's been here before. This isn't something that is new to him. He actually has beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs before. He went into Kansas City and did it a couple of years ago. So to me, Tom Brady is the player to watch offensively for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I, I think I totally agree with that. I would say if, if we had to pick another guy, I would pick somebody like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that that receiving core, because that's where Tampa Bay's points are going to come from. Uh, I know Leonard Fournette's been playing well. I think they want to run the football and control the clock, but they're going to get their big points. They're going to get their scores from guys like Evans and Godwin uh, and, and maybe Antonio Brown if he's there. I don't know what, what's going on with that, and we should probably have looked at it before I mentioned him, but uh, if he's back as well, that receiving core is going to make – Tom Brady's life a little bit easier and it's probably the best receiving core he's ever had save when he had uh, Randy Moss on the team uh, all those years ago in that incredible offense which we don't have to talk about if we don't want to and Chiefs defensively I I think I'm going to go with Tyron Matthew 
I, I think it's clear he's the tone setter for that defense. He he gets everyone in position. Um, so to me, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch Tom Brady against Tyron Matthew because Tyron Matthew is a, a tremendous safety. And then I'll, I'll throw in a caveat: Chris Jones with interior. I was just going to mention Chris Jones. You stole my guy. I'm still because taking him. In interior pass rush is how you beat Tom Brady. Just look at the 2015 AFC Championship game. Well, and let me just point out that if it wasn't for Chris Jones lining up offside, the Chiefs probably would have defeated the Patriots in that AFC Championship game that you just got done talking about. So uh, this is sort of like a revenge game for him as well. So I'm sure he's going to be fired up and ready to go. And uh, the Chiefs know what they're doing. This is their, you know, back to back is one of those things they all have that advantage. Because while Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl for the umpteenth time or whatever, and Rob Gronkowski is there, the rest of the Buccaneers are not necessarily road-tested when it comes to being in the Super Bowl, while the Kansas City Chiefs are. So it's going to, it's going to be imperative that the Bucs go out and figure out that it's just a game as quickly as possible. Because the old cliche is, the team that's going to win is the first one that figures out that it's just a football game. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.